0: A quick note before this episode starts, if you listen to Getting Better Acquainted through iTunes and you've been wondering where some of the episodes have been recently, well, we've just had some feed issues, they're sorted out now, but people who were listening on iTunes going to have to search again on itunes and subscribe again to the podcast because you're no longer subscribed because that's what happened when they changed the feeds over we're still on stitcher and on soundcloud just as before and we're still on itunes it's just you need to resubscribe to us your current feed looks like it works but it doesn't work instead you have to type in getting better acquainted into itunes find me on there and subscribe again to the podcast. Even
1: though obviously you'll get a repetition of certain types of claims, of course. But every person that you speak to is different. Every scenario of how it's happened is different. And I think I like it as as because as well as the the kind of the hard decisions that you have to make, and um, sometimes the conversations you have to have aren't pleasant. There are also you're also on a lot of occasions helping people. Yeah. Um, they they've had something happen to them, or they've lost something, or whatever it might be, and you're there you know to help him get back to normal that's kind of part yeah,
0: of your sure. role. hello i'm dave i'm the guy that's putting all this stuff together i need to get better please make me better i want to get better
2: better better acquainted with you
0: today we're getting better acquainted with liz hello liz
2: Hello, Dave.
0: <laughs> <laughs> How do you know me?
1: How do I know you? So, I met you when I was at university in Lancaster.
0: We've met up here in Colchester, which is in your room. Indeed. <laughs> um, and we only kind of found out, like, I, basically, we lost touch completely.
1: Yeah, which is a shame.
0: And then you friended me on Facebook. I did.
1: I think because I'd seen that you were friends, I presume with, with Richard,
0: Richard Cowan. Yes, yeah, so that
1: makes sense. So. Well,
0: when I went up to Lancaster to do to to do a GBA with him, I came back and I think he had posted that he'd just done a, a a conversation for me and Jen with me and Jen for my podcast, and then just after that, you friended me and I was like, oh, I wonder if that was why.
1: Yeah, uh, I think it was. Yeah. and I was like, oh, oh, hello, I remember Dave. Yeah yeah so uh, yeah it was that was good. cool and
0: then I sort of almost immediately bombarded you with a request to come <laughs> come in and interview um, and the second question that I'm asking very late in but I do that these days sometimes I, just, I don't know why um, is what do you do now
1: for a living I um, am a claims handler so I work for a company called Hiscox and called what sorry his cox okay h-i-s-c-o-x get the laugh out of the way now because <laughs> everyone does <laughs> it is a funny name it's actually the surname of the founder
0: sure Kinda p- been easy for him at school
1: probably not <laughs> and now it's not easy for us but um, <laughs> yeah it's to be honest with you um, it's a great company and I really enjoy claims work I've been doing it for a long time now and uh, yeah it's 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 Probably the best job I've had, I think.
0: Um, yeah, well, you had, you were. I've a, had some shockers. Well, <laughs> when I knew you uh, in Lancaster, after that, after what you were describing as your one of your best years, mm. uh, you then
1: you then, went downhill. You
0: then bec- well you became a uh, is it traffic warden is that the uh, right term?
1: parking attendant parking attendant yes, traffic
0: wardens American isn't it
1: yeah well. It's from the old days when it used to be the police that would have proper traffic wards. That's right. That's it. And then they decriminalised it. And so the councils took over and they just employed private Private contractors. I worked technically for uh, NCP, but obviously we were the council's client.
0: And that was a pretty horrific job.
1: That was horrific. (laughs) I
0: I used to come round to your uh, place and uh, (laughs) hang out with you some nights here and there and uh oh man the stories you would tell and the second my second novel uh is set in the future it's a science fiction novel but one of the main characters in it is a traffic warden in the future uh like based in some respect on some of your experiences but exaggerate like gone into the future you know how like because it's a dystopian f- future so yeah <laughs> so that's a bit weird isn't it to tell you oh, that but, yeah, but, um, be,
1: that's interesting though I, uh, I it, it, you could literally, you could offer me any wage any wage, I would never go back Oh, wow. it just was not worth the stress
0: but when you were there though, quite justifiably you had quite a hatred, I think legitimate and I've worked in customer services so <laughs> I have some sympathy uh, like, you had a problem with the public because the public were not your friends
1: um, I think I, I <laughs> <laughs> that sounds
0: like an accusation, but you know what I mean. Like, I think justifiably, I understood it, and I don't think it's a lasting thing necessarily.
1: No, I think. I mean, one of the reasons I left was because I didn't like the person that I'd be, become. You know, mm, I, I bet it, it made me very hard as a person, um, and I didn't really like that. And yeah, I, it's 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 difficult when you know people swearing at you and calling your names and and basically generally hurling abuse at you. Um, physical or otherwise, when that becomes a daily occurrence and that's just how it is, you know, it's it's <laughs> it's time to Absolutely. leave. Absolutely. And I don't want to, you know, I never wanted to be, a, uh, you know, I don't have a problem with the public now. It was just...
0: No, I were, mean, and it was hard what wearing. the public did to you. Like, because they didn't treat you well. <laughs> like, people uh, listening to this understand. Just like when someone rings you up from a call centre, which I've worked in, um, and, like, when somebody, like, Clamps your car. Those people—they're people like the people you're listening to right now—and like we're just trying to live our lives.
1: It was—it was purely for so I could pay the rent. That was the reason. I think after my master's, I applied for like 50 plus jobs, and the only, only interview I got was for that job. And I was like, I kind of have to take it because otherwise I can't eat. So that's kind of important. Um, But you know, hey, I, I, I always like to say, although not always, if you're in the middle of it, but every experience is a good experience yeah. and things happen for a reason and I agree with it's that. just part of, part of life so yeah, I think, you know I'm glad I left, there's no denying that um, it was interesting and it also kept me extremely trim because I was walking like 14 miles a day you to walk
0: so much
1: <laughs> yeah, it was really hard, I got shin splints
0: when you see people like going around now on mopeds do you like? what do you think then? because like, you never got a moped
1: I didn't, although some of our our uh, some of the others did. Okay. Um, they had like different. We had beats. It's anyway. Yeah, you did. You had beats. <laughs> you I did. mean, it was all like. I'm quite nice to traffic wardens now because I recognise obviously that they are people just like me. But I think it depends. I think the problem was I was quite efficient shall we say. Yeah. And my... my my. you
0: were good at your job.
1: I was it's... very good at my job. I held the record, which is never a good thing. No, I, no, I know. <laughs> <laughs> he but, he um, used to
0: tell me about it. It yeah. was good. Yeah. I mean, it was interesting. And I do think that it's legitimate as well. You've got to have some kind of... You're doing a job, you know? Like, you, <laughs> you, you might as well do something in your day to, like, give it some purpose, you know? Yeah. So, like, doing it well is one way. Like, I remember when I used to work as a teenager, I used to work in a off-licence, and I used to have like a, a, like my my goal was to have all of the shelves absolutely stacked. Do you know what I mean? Like by the end of the night, and like so, people who came through the door were almost like my enemies. Like as soon as they took like two <laughs> cans, I'd like rush down to the, to the cellar and like restock it. So it was always like, like because you've got to make make the make the time go by somehow.
1: Yeah, that was it. That was the main problem with with the job. It was not only horrendous but just incredibly boring and uh, the only way really to get through the day was to be constantly looking for the next car you could book it was never personal about the people it was just a way of passing the time and so yeah
0: but they weren't very nice to you
1: no (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I wouldn't even like to count the number of times I was sworn at in a day. That that was literally, you know, ten times a day easily.
0: It was know, scary. Some out. of the stuff that was done towards you as well, like people being yeah. like aggressive towards, you. and aggressive. you're not like very tall, and you're a woman, I'm. right? <laughs> that, being aggressive to somebody in, who is not very tall and, and a woman is. Is, I'm not saying it's like it's worse or anything it's, it's always bad when someone's aggressive but it looks it's like it's much more kind of social taboos that someone is crossing when they're doing that do you know what I mean?
1: Well, I don't know I mean it just it, 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 <laughs> it's kind of hard to take sometimes some of it was funny there was my friends loved this story that I was walking down the prom one time in uh, from the West End and uh, I felt something kind of hit my side and I looked around and I was like oh, I can't see anything um, and it happened again and I saw a bit of cake on the floor I was like Nah. And then yeah uh, there was a couple of lads behind me who had a big like a big sponge cake in a bag that they'd obviously bought from somewhere and they were just chucking pieces of cake at me. But um you know it's just a waste of a good cake to be fair you know yeah. it's just you know silly things like that. So that kind of stuff like that didn't bother me as much but again it's one of those things like the the first time that someone was really aggressive with me was, he was a really old guy. He must have been about 70-odd, and he had, like, a stick and really red in the face, kind of spitting, shouting, and he was just really... And I kind of sort of fronted it out and then went down a back alley and burst into tears just because I'd never dealt with it before. But then yeah. the next time, I was much more prepared for it. Sure. Um. But that was the thing, because you constantly had to be prepared for that kind of aggression or whatever it might be, that you just kind of turned into this person that was just never... You, you know, always had to really be on guard, guard didn't yeah. you? Yeah, and I think that's just not. There's no way to live, is it really? Um, did so you get yeah.
0: any grief from like right the because you? Did like, did you have to be a traffic warden in your community that you lived? Yeah,
1: in? I even had to patrol Cause, my own street because it's not
0: big, Lancaster.
1: It's not huge, no. And it, it's and obviously the the further out, there's only really the centralised zones that you patrol, uh, and yeah. they didn't really do the, the other ones. So there was the hospital. That's that was obviously always horrible because everyone. Hated you cuz it's a hospital. Yeah. So that was that was not good. And then did you ever let time, anyone off? Um the only time that I ever ripped up a ticket on purpose and not didn't refer them was 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 for um uh, an elderly lady who uh she she was quite confused, I think, and I booked her. It was the, basically the disabled badges had to be the right way up, and if they weren't, you had to book them. And even though they yeah. could appeal, and this is, some, this is something another, I used in my novel. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> This woman had a carer with her, and and I, and I explained, you know, I'm really sorry I've had to do it, but you need you can appeal it. And then the the the, the other lady was kind of going, oh, what's going on? And uh, what do I need to do? And she's going, oh, don't worry about it. I've got to, I've got to take. She was obviously really annoyed. I've got to take your badge off, yeah. And she's going, well, why have you got to do that? She's going, well, I've got to photocopy it. And I, and I was just like, after about five minutes, I was like, okay, I'll Just as long as you don't tell anyone, I'll rip it up. But we weren't supposed to because obviously they check how many you void. Yeah, so, and I was not really
0: so you have to him. give them a reason why you've ripped up that ticket
1: yeah exactly you can't just do it so it's not a mates. simple act <laughs> it's
0: not a simple act that someone is doing when they uh, when they give you a ticket it's not as simple as it seems
1: it's a process no you've got to follow the rules and you, will, you obviously as with any business there's targets to meet um, although that was never really an issue for me yeah. <laughs> um, no yeah you hit your target <laughs> as well I did um, <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah so but but yeah you always had to explain your actions and like they were pretty tight so like my shift was um like eight till six or eight thirty till six thirty, depending or whatever it was till i think they worked till eight although now they work till 10 here which is crazy crazy late. Yeah. but um yeah and you get half an hour for lunch the whole day and uh, if Walking. it was raining, snowing, didn't matter yeah. what it was, and you'd come in just absolutely soaked. Sometimes, and my uniform didn't fit because I was so small as well. which was ridiculous. So, um, yeah, it was just horrible, really horrible. And they ca- like,
0: didn't they change all of the regulations and stuff quite a lot? So, like, the older people in the team couldn't really keep up with the way that the world was changing.
1: Um, uh, difficult to say, and. It was a very male orientated environment.
0: That was probably another reason why you had to always be on guard, because you were like a you were like a female police officer is or something like they're, they're all guys. I was the only woman yeah. there.
1: But when I left, Jesus. So um, yeah, that was fun.
0: It's like women on building sites as well. Yeah, okay. there are
1: still certain areas that are, just com- that are completely male-dominated.
0: So you hit your target because it's a
1: being small, so people didn't see you waiting. You know. reckon? I never hit. Is that your theory? That's my theory. Oh, that's but a good one. It's it's harder to see a smaller person by a big car just standing there for five minutes than a big person. Um, so like Bry, I don't know if you met Bri, but Bry, he's like six foot old. I do
0: remember a six foot guy yeah, who was a traffic
2: Yeah,
1: really woman. tall. And he obviously stood out like a sore thumb so you know but it was easy for me but like so I mean I never heard that wasn't fair and my that was my principle like I will book everyone that I should book um if I show no favoritism then I can't be accused of anything yeah that didn't work out so well um and then you know
0: do you believe in traffic wardens as a career do you think it's a good thing that society needs
1: (laughs) I wouldn't recommend it necessarily but actually yeah I do it's as with all, it's it's the lesser of two evils, because without rules, you'd have chaos. You, ju- you just would, blatantly. And that was okay. demonstrated in an article in the newspaper, I think, I want to say Aberystwyth, but it was somewhere in Wales, where I think the council laid off all of the traffic wardens. And then people just parked, obviously, wherever they wanted. People were punching each other in the face over spaces. It was mental, because mm. there was no-one there to enforce the rules. And actually, you know... Whilst we might not like them, they're there for a reason. For the majority of the time, they're there for
0: a reason. Yeah, no, I don't think I disagree with you. Within the context of the current situation, we need them to stop chaos. Uh,
1: Some chaos is good, but I think that particular (laughs) scenario—it's—it's. I mean, it's it's
0: not. It's more about the actual way the system works and the nature of there being a system to a certain extent. You have to have ways of organising society. It's (laughs) just that when it's like a private firm, yeah. So you were. A traffic warden
1: for a glorious fourteen months.
0: Then is that when you moved into insurance, or did you do anything yeah. else?
1: No, um, I started temping for a company, in Morecambe who shall remain nameless, <laughs> um, and yeah, uh, started started just doing temp work, and then I got taken on permanently. Um, so kind of moved around, but always always in claims, and that's been my whole. That's someone's car alarm. Okay. That's annoying. It's like a... I don't know what that's like.
0: OK, so you... Sorry, yeah. You were doing insurance.
1: Yeah.
0: OK, so, so you started was, temping, that's right.
1: Started temping, yeah. So, and then I stayed in that company in, I guess, probably three different guises, but always within claims. And then I decided that I didn't... I just needed a change, you know, it was just time to move on. Um, I didn't really feel there was anywhere for me to go within that company for various reasons which we weren't going to uh, <laughs> but um, yeah so I, I decided I'd I, I give loss just in a try um, which I did so I was with one company for a year and then I moved down for a significant pay rise <laughs> yeah um, down, down south which is when I, I stayed in Watford for a year and then
0: so in a way kind of what you're working in now is within rules like working yeah. how, how things work oh for sure do you enjoy that about the jobs then? Is that something that appeals to you?
1: Um let's see. the reason I like claims work is really just because my day goes fast, I'm busy, like I like the fact that my job is busy and yeah. I'm not I I can't a job where you're where there's not enough to do or you're not being challenged, it just it's 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 obviously boring but also I think, you know, it leads to it leads to other things. Um, and I think there was one point at my previous company where I kind of been doing the role for a while, and I just, I just had nothing more to give to it, and I couldn't do anything further because I wasn't in that position. And um, it just, it, I just kind of, you know, spiraled into quite a, quite a depression, which right. obviously I could have tendencies anyway. Um, yeah, sure. So that's always been that's always been a kind of recurring theme. In any yeah. case, but I think you know, having that trigger of of just not being content with what you're doing and not having that challenge, not having your brain working yeah. basically, that's the thing. You know, uh, that 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 can obviously make make a real difference. Yeah, so, um, having
0: structure helps to get rid of depression. Absolutely, definitely,
1: it's well. good. And, I, and 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 there's you know, the the other thing about the claims is although there were rules, you know it doesn't mean to say you can't think outside the box or you can't think of a way around it necessarily or, yeah, that's good. or even make an exception, you know, and that happens. Um I mean <laughs> not I'm not plugging necessarily but like the company I work for now, they are they're great. And it's it's a it's a real culture of where, um, you know, the customer is put first. And if something's not covered, it's not covered. But if there's a way we can pay it, we will pay it. That's the opposite to every other claims role I've ever worked in where the attitude is generally, how can we get out paying it, and that's not how it should be. Yeah. Um, that said, we charge our premiums are much higher because we we have a great service. Um. Obviously, that's reflected in the price. So there you go. That's that's why it's not a plug. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah. Um. So claims work. It's just about you know. Even though obviously you'll get a repetition of certain types of claims of course, but every person that you speak to is different. Every scenario of how it's happened is different. And I think I like it as as because as well as the, the kind of the hard decisions that you have to make and um sometimes the conversations you have to have aren't pleasant, are also you're also on a lot of occasions helping people. Yeah. Um, they they've had something happen to them or they've lost something or whatever it might be and you're there you know to help them get back to normal that's kind of part of your role so i think you know there is an element obviously of customer satisfaction of job satisfaction from having been able to do that and i think that was something that was missing before i am a geek so i could talk about insurance all night um, but i won't because for the sanity of your (laughs) listeners Um, (laughs) but i love it i do i really enjoy it i think it's a great area to be in and it's not the most well paid it's not the most well respected but actually it makes a big difference because that is the point of insurance at the end of the day the claim is where it all happens sure you know and I, I like that Um so yeah it's been good and my the whole loss adjusting that I did I really it was fantastic because you would go out and seeing the claim first hand and meeting people and actually being there right when they're in the middle of the of the problem um, is it's uh, it was really fun I really enjoyed it but I left because ultimately um I worked for two big companies uh in, in the lost just field and there was just not enough hours in the day to do the job properly. It just was impossible and you would work from seven in the morning and you might stop eight, nine, ten, eleven o'clock at night. Every day. And you you every you work in some
0: like driven jobs. Yeah. That's like yeah, long hours you've worked in hours. a lot of your jobs it seems.
1: Yeah, I mean that that's definitely been, <laughs> definitely been the longest. I literally had you know, no life outside of work and that's you know, I think if I'd have been older maybe it would have been different, I would have stayed, but I think for me now and and it's definitely been the right thing to do, I my hours are now it's normal office hours and it's hard being in when you're used to going out and about but actually have a life outside of work. Sure. I have friends, I, I go out and you know, it's just it's it's so nice to have that uh, freedom back. So although it's kind of a shame, I think it's definitely the right thing to do. And I think just cherishing those small things in life makes a huge difference. Just having an hour to yourself to watch a DVD or read a book or whatever it might be you want to do. For me, obviously, playing the guitar is a big one as well. I waste a lot of my time. It's been really good just getting back my life. It's been great. So uh, if you're in a job where you work ridiculous hours, if you don't love it, don't do it. It's just not worth it. There's more important things in life.
0: Well, yeah, that's what I found myself. I mean, I, these days I work part-time, not very much money, but part-time, and that means that I can uh, do what I love doing, and I've just, you know, I'm I'm very lucky as well, we're in a lucky living circumstances at the moment, so we're renting from my sister, so we're renting for quite cheap rent for a really good place, um, but, like, we've definitely found less money, but a job that you like, and time to do what you what you want to what do, you want to do yeah. who, what you are you know what you what you relate to the most is a thing I mean the more time I have for myself, the busier I get because I just I'm not very good at like I am a workaholic I've discovered but just not about conventional things like I'm a workaholic on podcasts and uh, writing and whatever other projects running shows at the moment and all this crazy stuff that I kind of I just keep every time someone every time a project comes up I just do it I think
1: it's a good
0: way to be uh, yeah it's, it's, it is it is I don't deny it it's much I feel more very lucky than my, <laughs>
1: than my, my
0: way. well yeah. I think there's everyone finds their own way through and like you you may find that like Jen's had periods of her life like years in her life where she's and I have too actually where we've been very stuck and not able to get and then things change and things change and like you say no experience is not worthwhile
1: that's true
0: yeah. uh, in terms of it's something you can learn from and you know there's obviously you know there's seasons it's all these cliches but this is really
2: true <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah it's hard not to, but yeah you're completely right that's exactly what it is you know different, different changes different seasons in life that's just how it is and that's it's a good thing, like you say, as long as you always learn from them. Like, I know now I'll never do a job um, that I hate. Uh, it's just not worth it. Yeah, you don't realise rather...
0: you've got a choice. Yeah. And then you suddenly realise that you do. Yeah. And once you realise that, it's hard to, hard to change. <laughs> like, I mean, I guess that's the thing. Like, we're lucky to have a choice. That's Definitely. that Those are the moments where it becomes, that's, you know, that's where it all goes wrong when you haven't got a choice. And then you have to do the bad job. So you said um, when we were talking on Facebook about doing this um, that you'd share a song with me. Is that still cool? Or was that, was that a song off mic or on mic? What does that mean?
2: Oh, um...
0: So my mate keeps hassling me that every time I have a musician on, I don't get them to play.
1: I could maybe play.
0: Liz did play me a song live. But then I lost the file. So instead she sent me some recordings which I'm going to play as part of this episode. was creative writing we met in. Yeah. Uh in the third year we were in the same seminar. Yes. Which was our tutor was Paul Farley, the Whitbread Poetry Award winner. I think he's up for another prize at the moment.
1: Yeah, ah, oh, amazing poet.
0: He he is an amazing poet. I've been trying to get him on the show. Uh, but he hasn't been returning my emails, but maybe his email address has changed. That's my uh that's my <laughs> thing I'm telling myself. Yeah, no, he is an amazing poet. And we yeah. he he took us to the Lake District, uh, to see Wordsworth's house and all yeah, that. Do you remember that? I
1: do, Dove Cottage yeah, 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 yeah. That's one of the one of the good things about being at Lancaster, kinda of having the lakes on your on your doorstep and oh, being man. able to to just go out and, and, and sort of experience the beauty which I, I really miss that being down not that the South isn't beautiful, necessarily, but it's just not the same.
0: Oh, uh, you're right. I mean, after we finished uni, me and Jen, as you know, because we were friends then, stayed in Lancaster, we used to go to the Lake District all the time. It was like the... That was the like the day-to-day existence for both of us there. Um, our jobs were pretty full-on, and we weren't very happy for a lot of it. Like There was one year, particularly, when... Uh, Jen seemed to have a chest infection for the whole year because we were sleeping in a room with damp in it mm. and like, I was commuting to Preston to work on a council estate a really horrible library that I worked in I mean lovely people, don't get me wrong I loved the staff there um, and I loved the kids who came in because it was a bit of a haven actually for kids coming in without any parents looking after them or anything they were just like sent out the house like maybe five years old Wow. just like no uh, body looking after them and what you're going to do you can't turn them away so we used to have them go down to the computer room and do colouring we always had loads of kids doing colouring um
2: <laughs> slightly odd yeah that.
0: well it's not it's, it wasn't exactly council policy but it was the human thing to do yeah. uh, and the, those kids were really nice and the community was really nice as well as really horrible there was the really nice side and there were the the kids that would come into the library on their bikes and ride around the bloody uh, counter you know that was a really rough horrible place to go to and it was I had to get up at five in the morning to get there as well because it was quite far to commute Ouch. and uh but they did I did have a couple more days a week off then so it was that my job was bleak but I had time to write I wrote a couple of novels in Lancaster so I am glad for that Jen on the other hand had a really bleak time she was do- like doing two different jobs, one in Morecambe and one in yeah one in and one in Blackpool. The,
2: she was commuting between <laughs>
0: Lancaster, Blackpool, and Morecambe every day, Wow. and doing two different, completely different kinds of jobs. So that was pretty bleak. Not as bad as other people have had it, I'm aware. So sorry if if I'm sounding like I'm privileged, but <laughs> uh, it was hard for us in that moment. Yeah. The Lake District was where we went. Get away, like there was a few times we just went away in the car because we had a car then and camped, and like just the best times in such a beautiful place. It was just like the only thing that kept us going was going to the Lake District, really. Definitely, yeah. So, there you go, I've gone off on a very long (laughs) tangent. And as I worried that I I was a bit worried that I was going to end up talking a lot today, I'm a bit tired and a little bit drunk. So, I'm apologies, listeners, if I'm talking more than normal, but Liz. We haven't seen each other for ages, have yeah. we?
1: No, it's been an incredibly long time.
0: Yeah. I mean, I reckon seven years.
1: Seven years is about right. I think I think I think you left Lancaster before I did. Yeah. Um
0: I did, I stayed so. there two years, I think or no, two and a half years probably.
1: I stayed much longer than that. <laughs> I only left um how long it would be now. Probably a couple of years ago. So not not massively long time in fact. No. So yeah, it did stay for a long time. Moved around a little bit, but
0: yeah. <laughs> That's right. So we met. and We were doing both doing creative writing, and you, what were you do? What was your other degree? What was the other thing you were doing? Was it
1: uh, the world's most unhelpful degree title? <laughs> what was it? Because my first one, my my BA was creative arts, which I That's mine too. Yeah, it was basically art. So I was doing fine art ah, um, right. and art theory. But because I was doing a minor in creative writing, the overall yeah. title was creative arts. Which
0: it's mine too. Yeah, because <laughs> I was doing theatre studies. So I always say theatre studies with a minor in creative writing. Is yeah. that what you do? But art, but with a minor in oh, creative writing. Minor,
1: but it doesn't really because then I did a masters in creative writing. So it was kind of pointless. Oh, that's anyway. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is absolutely nothing to do with my with my. Career. You did that at Lancaster, so didn't you? I did. Yeah. In fact, Paul was one of my tutors for my master's. I mean, oh, that was great. That was that was easily one of the best years of my life. That was amazing. I was quite privileged because I... <laughs> well, I lived above Bar, so... Um, That's I right, because I, I
0: came to visit you quite a few times, I think, yeah. in that room.
1: And you could just go down and get a drink and then come straight back up. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, it was just... Yeah, it was great. <laughs> it was just nice to have that freedom just to write the whole time. And I kind of... One of my biggest regrets, I suppose, is not kind of continuing the writing, at least not in a... In a, a sort of pure form, as it were. Like I suppose, obviously, there's the songwriting, but that's not. It's not entirely the same. Um, but just not having the time to kind of dedicate to it properly. Yeah. And also, I kind of looking back, think that my novel was um, my novel attempt, I should say, because it, it it never got completed.
0: <laughs> so you didn't finish it. No. Okay. No.
1: Which is a regret. But I, I I started to look at it a few years ago to try and go back and and write it. But I read it and I just thought it's it's too just wasn't good enough. It was too self-indulgent, by far, Um, and I think it just, it lost, I I had lost my kind of passion for it, so I don't think I will ever go back to that particular...
0: But will you write another novel?
1: Maybe. I never say never. It'd be nice to, and I think if I had the time I probably would, but my my priorities are kind of different now, like, um, so I'm (laughs) very excitingly studying for my um, diploma in insurance, so yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's that's kind of takes up quite a bit of time um and then my music's kind of the rest of it and actually yeah. just stopping to enjoy life which I hadn't been up until a few months ago when I when I moved here so
0: well music is a lot of what you do like in terms of your writing was often like you wrote poetry as well didn't you yeah because yeah, I think poetry. the first time we met I read some poems by you and I gave you some criticism on those and then like in the bar afterwards you kind of like took me a little bit to task for it in a justified way um
1: (laughs) was it justified yeah
0: (laughs) they were based on personal experience and I'd said that they weren't uh real like they didn't it wasn't it doesn't it didn't feel real and I didn't know they were based on personal experience and you said well (laughs) they were based on personal experience (laughs) and I accepted that I was wrong about that but I still said that you That they need to be like they need to believe you need to believe them do you know what i mean even if they are based on the truth and that's the real that's a real problem with writing generally like i have that in my stuff as well i write something that's true um i don't know if you were in that i don't know if you were in the year if we were in the same year when i was handing that bit in but i wrote a thing about infidelity test kits but i remember just getting really frustrated because nobody believed that they existed uh because but they do exist but you have to find a way of communicating truth to people sometimes in writing because people don't believe the truth it's <laughs> weird do you know what i mean
1: yeah it's true and, and and whether something's real to you doesn't mean to say that it's going to feel real to someone else in terms of if you don't make it compelling and and kind of visceral then it doesn't matter how much it's true it, it has to resonate with the other person otherwise it's pointless
0: yeah actually that was the thing one of the poems didn't convince me and one of them did you write poetry and that poetry and music kind of go together for you like would you say that's right?
1: yeah to a certain extent I think my songwriting style has changed a little bit over the years yeah. um, and it's less it's, it's the hardest thing is not to be a cheesy you know it's it's so hard to um, to avoid those little pitfalls where Something goes from being um you know a sentiment to being just pap, yeah. <laughs> and I think I find that really hard not to use like the stock phrases and stuff it is very difficult um because because of the way that songs you know can be structured and i'm not i'm not i know what you would call experimental in, or you know progressive in that sense like my my songs are quite although obviously I want them to be um kind of recognisable as mine they are still quite heavily based in, in, in sort of traditional rock and pop in terms mm. of structure it's not yeah. something that I've deviated from I think just having the one instrument the guitar and the voice that it's just not been an area that I've kind of wanted to go in whereas I think if I had um, like a, a studio and some more instruments and a lot of time I could see that I would definitely go down that route Like in, a, in, a, <laughs> in an ideal world in my head, yeah. Um, I think it'd be great to do like a like a jazz album and a rock album and a kind of instrumental or progressive kind of experimental album. Um, but obviously, that's that's with the assumption that I have the time and money. Well, I mean, I am a music snob. There's no doubt in that, and and I freely admit that. And I think that it's it's just a question of. I, would, I quite like lots of different types of music. Like I was raised on classical music by my dad, mainly. Um, my mum likes kind of the heartbeat kind of stuff, like 60s and 70s kind of... It's not really nothing, nice okay. but, you know, like 60s the, and the, What,
0: like the programme heartbeat? Kind of yeah, exactly, like the kind of
1: music that would be okay. played on that, exactly. Um which never really appealed, if I'm honest, but I still heard a lot of it.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: And I say my dad raised me in classical, and I I started to... My first instrument was the flute, in fact, um, which was... Yeah, my parents said I couldn't play the violin because it would be too noisy, and then they let me play the flute, which I found really weird, because obviously if you squeak, it's... I mean, it's not a quiet instrument, no. per se. No, um, it's quite
0: loud. My mum plays the yeah. flute. Yeah. <laughs>
1: So yeah, I started on that and then and then moved on to piano as well. Um, but I stopped playing the piano a lot sooner than I did the um the flute. I got reasonably far, you know, and all of that, but <laughs> so I've always kind of I've always kind of played an instrument or, or kind of had music in my life to a certain degree. Um, and then I think it was the bass that I started playing first at uni, I taught myself the bass. And then following on from that, it just seemed natural to teach myself the guitar. Yeah. So that's kind of where I'm at with that. Although I still find it really, I can't really read tabs. If I'm honest with you, most of it's done by ear.
0: I can't read tabs.
1: <laughs> um, so yeah, it's not. I don't really like. I've learnt bits, but I can't always tell you what chord I'm playing. Got...
0: No man. When I that like, well I'm, when I'm in bands and stuff, they always get annoyed because I like put like cowboy D. Like I used to put, and I've now discovered that that means. Uh, D, I can't even remember now, at this moment in time, but I've discovered, hang on, you've got sharps, you've got flats, you've got sevenths, yeah, D-seventh, so cowboy is what I call sevenths, because they sound, uh, to me, they sound kind of cowboy, do you know what I mean? Like a (laughs) cow, like a, I don't know why, do you know what I mean though? Nobody ever gets it, so... (laughs) So yeah, I could
1: lie and say that I did. like no, so bad. like
0: when I when when they get when someone gets like the music for for one of my songs, it just like goes D cowboy D, like weird like weird A or whatever like and yeah. uh, most I just play straight chords. I can't I can't even play bar chords.
1: I I avoid bar chords because my my hands are quite small, although. It is technically to do with technique because someone was showing me how. I was like, okay, actually, it's not as bad as I thought it was. I'm just being <laughs> silly, but I mean. Uh, so, can you
0: play bar chords then?
1: I I can I if wish British, I could play them. But I prefer not to, um, and I also I really like the sound of an open guitar. So and. Me just too, actually. Recently, like tuning to Gad or just a drop D or just messing around with tuning, that's been quite. A fun little project for the last couple of months. Um, I never, I always, I kind of heard of it before, but never done it. And I, I'm not an advanced guitarist by any any stretch of the imagination. So from that point of view, um, it's been really interesting. Again, just having the time yeah. and having a chat with some other musicians, you know, about what they do and learning from them. And that was it. I think there's a guy called Cameron Mackie. He has the most beautiful voice. It's lovely. He sounds a little bit like Pavarotti. Okay, um, but better <laughs> less drunk as well, um <laughs> yeah, and he um he he plays a lot um, with the drop d and the that guy and that, and um he's just he's been showing me a few bits, and then I think it's just that wonderful feeling you know, when you play around with something, and you go, Oh, that's a nice chord or that that does sounds sexy, or whatever it yeah. might be, um yeah, I mean. That's, that's the reason I love music, because, uh, you know, there's music for every mood, and there's there's obviously, you know, times for silence, of course, but, I don't know, there's something about music that's, it just feels integral to life, does it yeah. sound a bit poncy? No, I, I think,
0: I, well, I relate to it, whether it's poncy or not, <laughs> I mean, I was just thinking, you know, when you were saying about that, I was just thinking... It, like when you're writing a song and you're searching for the right chord progression, and you try all the different chords, and it's getting frustrating, and then you suddenly you you get the right change, and you're like, it just it's like it clicks something, like almost like physically, yeah. like in your back or something. Like it's like having your spine clicked or something. It's like the <laughs> oh that that fits, it fits yeah, really perfectly.
1: It definitely does. I and
0: mean, it's... it 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 resonates inside you. Um, yeah, I mean I. I love I love music in that way, but what it which like is it words or music for you like which is the, you know which is the one, like cause I this is why I often yeah. ask musicians when I'm <laughs> when I'm talking to them is, like, which is better, a good, like a song with okay music, but brilliant lyrics or okay lyrics but brilliant music like which is the
1: oh that's such a tough question Um it's it, <laughs> it tends to change I think if I had like a gun to my head if I had to pick one I'd probably say the music yeah like, I probably would I think because yeah the words are important but the music's the music kind of has to fit, and it kind of has. I don't know. Like, I used to watch. I, I did ballet as a small child. Um, obviously, did not get that far with that career. Um, <laughs> I used to do it for a few years, and um, we were mad about ballet, and we used to watch the videos and that. But my parents took us to see. We watched three, in fact. So I was quite fortunate. We saw um. The Nutcracker, which was brilliant because of all the costumes. Yeah. The whole Christmas. I've seen. Thing. That's
0: the only ballet I've seen. Ah, oh, that's
1: that's a good one. I found it a bit saw, weird. I want to say Sleeping Beauty but I can't remember if that's correct but I think that and then we went to see Swan Lake and literally and I can't remember how old I was I would would imagine I was in middle school so what's that I don't know 10 something like that I can't remember when you go up yeah, probably about that.
0: Ten or eleven. I don't even, do we have middle school here? I didn't even know we have. middle well, school.
1: Well, oh no. So infants and juniors? No, no. See, really I, I was else? in Buckinghamshire, which there okay. was a county. They were law unto themselves. <laughs> so okay. you have primary, and then you have middle, and then you have high school. Okay. Um, that's it. So it's, I think it's the same as your, what did you call it, infants and Infants and
0: juniors in primary school, yeah. So I guess when you went up between infant playground and junior playground, I think you are about ten.
1: I don't know, because then we did the 11 plus exam to then get into grammar school, I went to a grammar school.
0: You went to a grammar school? (laughs) Yes.
1: Okay. It's quite a good school considering. You know is it
0: right so you had but you had to like do the do the exam to get in didn't you at <laughs> yeah, least at least that
1: I was quite cross actually because there's uh, there's only like four or five of us that did the exam I don't regret it now but at the time I wanted to go to Lord Gray with all my friends and I was annoyed that I couldn't do that and then my parents were forcing me <laughs> oh,
2: okay right <laughs> You know,
1: to go to grammar school where I didn't want to go because we had to commute by coach as well so it was like you know be at the bus stop for half past seven in the morning yeah. it's not fun. <laughs> But looking back, I'm I'm obviously incredibly grateful for the for the education that I received, and I, I don't regret it yeah. from that point of view at all. So, let's not talk about school. School well, was no, a fun time. No, it wasn't fun. It wasn't <laughs> it really fun wasn't.
0: for me anyway, either. But um, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, we
1: have yeah. gone off slightly. I well, I'm
0: no, to... I know where we're going back to. Okay. Um, so you were going, you were talking about when you saw the Swan Lake.
1: Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, it just. I mean, I was I was quite young. Um, but we watched it, and uh, it sounds—I don't know what it sounds. But I—I I remember watching it, and it kind of got to the bit where, you know, the, the swan died, and and I just—it was something just so beautiful about the whole thing, and I just cried, and I was like, okay, well, this is kind of weird, but you know, just, you know, I, I feel like I was young to kind of have that kind of reaction, but it's just the whole—the whole experience. But particularly the music was just overwhelming. Uh, At that moment in time, it just kind of...
0: No, know, I've had that experience too. Though
1: washing it over for you, and I just, I just think the power of music is just incredible.
0: You know, the more I have this conversation, the more I think that my answer is isn't exactly right. It's not that I like the lyrics better. I think it's that I like the melody better. Like, and the lyrics and the music working together, the combination of those two things. Like, I don't care about the rest of it. Like, the, the, I mean, I do care about the rest of it. I do. I mean, I've, I make music and I layer stuff, and I really do care about it. But I, the thing that really t- grabs me is the melody and I think that's there in uh, music without lyrics too yeah. um, and often that's more powerful though when it's coupled with another medium so you're talking about Swan yeah. Lake and that's the dance as well like I love dance um, I saw quite a lot of dance at uni and I did dance for a year uh, crazily um, and the mu- it's the music with the movement and it's, yeah. like, it's like in a film as well a scene in a film where the yeah. music's yeah I think music
1: if you didn't have the music I mean
0: the combination the combination is good, you know? yeah
1: one of my one of my top five films so one of my favourite films of all time is uh, Requiem for a Dream oh I love that film and the music in that is yeah. uh, is is again it's just brilliant and that, that when obviously spoiler alert <laughs> yeah. the climax at the end like ten minutes are solid kind of from one kind of motif to another but faster and faster with the scenes it's just an incredible yeah uh, kind of moment and and, and yeah, I always cry at that film as well. Like, um, right at the end where, you know, the two ladies and they've gone to see the, the protagonist or one of the protagonists in the hospital. Yeah. And they come out and they're on the bench at the end and they hug. That's it, every time it gets me. Oh, what an emotionally draining film. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's an amazing... It, it, is, it is an artwork in its own right. I just think it's incredible. But anyway, I could go on about that.
0: Ooh. Well, <laughs> well also contained in the lost file were me and liz reminiscing about lancaster liz plugging and us saying goodbye so i can't play that now but you should check out liz on facebook liz wyatt music w-y-a-t-t check out her website which is www.lizwyatt.com
2: what What is it? says yeah. yeah.
0: According to Facebook, Liz currently is in the Cayman Islands having exciting adventures. And those adventures began shortly after we'd recorded this conversation. So maybe I'll try and get her on in the future to play a live song properly and to talk about her time having those amazing adventures. As you heard at the beginning of the show... I lost some subscribers who had subscribed to iTunes because of some problems that I had with the feeds. iTunes is now working fine. The problem wasn't even with iTunes, the problem was with somebody else, but that's beside the point. I lost a load of listeners, and that's a real shame because Getting Better Acquainted is, I think, a really great show, and those people thought so. That's why they subscribed, and now their feeds will look like normal but not update and they won't know that i'm still producing a podcast in fact seven weeks have gone out and they have not received them so i've lost some people and i want to shout to them and say hey i'm i'm working it's working but because their feeds won't update i can't tell them i think it's a real shame to have lost people who listen to the show regular listeners and so what i'd like those of you who listen through soundcloud or stitcher or new people who found me through itunes who are hearing this what i'd really like you guys to do to help me out is to tell people about the show just like share it on your facebook or your twitter feed or however you communicate with your friends email them if you've enjoyed listening to this episode today or to other episodes and you'd like to give me something back I don't ask for money this is a free podcast and it's gonna stay a free podcast I'm never gonna charge for it I don't think it's just not something I want to do with getting better acquainted but I do want people to hear it and I've lost some people who like to hear it and I'd like to sort of boost it you know so I'd really like for people to share it Tell people about it. Share episodes that you've enjoyed, maybe. Share today's episode. And tell people what's good about the show. Because I sometimes think people go, Oh yeah, conversation show, that's not for me. When actually they might find it is for them if they took some time to get better acquainted with getting better acquainted. I love making this show. And I just want as many people to hear it as possible, really. Because I think listening to other people, I've certainly found it myself, hosting the show and and going on this kind of journey that the show's been. And I think listeners can also feel this. Listening to people, hearing who they are, what, what makes them tick... It's so enlightening in terms of how we see the world, how we see ourselves. And I just want to get back the people that I lost who wanted to listen and maybe grab some new ears, some new people who are interested in listening to the lives, the thoughts and the experiences of other people because don't we all want that isn't that what art's about isn't that what life is about friendship is about I'm not going to ask you to push me that often I always appreciate it but I don't ask in urgence like this normally and I really will appreciate whatever support you can give me let's get some people better acquainted with getting better acquainted and now from me with fireworks in the background that may or may not be picked up goodbye Getting Better Acquainted on Twitter at UBA Podcast you can find it on Facebook it's Getting Better Acquainted have a search on Facebook and like it or you can find it on the website www.gettingbetteracquainted.co.uk you can also subscribe by searching on iTunes and subscribing to us that way and on the Stitcher Smart Radio app you can download for your smartphone from stitcher.com or through the app store there are lots of ways to get better acquainted